Hello, pod listeners. Greg Boyd here with our, an update on our 2020 Sustain campaign. As you may know by now, we're hoping that 400 of you guys will sign up for our regular contribution schedule and help support the ministry here at Woodland Hills Church. As of today, we're at 283, so we've got a little ground to cover. Now, being a, a sustainer is pretty straightforward. You just commit to a regular financial support on our website at whchurch.org sustain. Most people do uh, either a weekly or monthly contributions, and the average sustainer gives around $10 a week. We're not saying you have to limit it to that by any means, but we're saying that every little bit helps. Of course, each year we send out a thank you t-shirt uh, to all of our sustainers at the end of the campaign. And this year our logo is simply love. Love which we hope will serve as a reminder to you that we try to imitate the self-sacrificial love of Jesus Christ in all that we do. The message of uh, Jesus looking kind of love has always been the hope of the world, and that's definitely true for all of us here today. There's so much division and garbage out there, both inside and outside the church, and we believe that the only real way forward is through the power of God's love as perfectly expressed on the cross. If you tweet in regularly, I'm guessing you probably already believe that's true. And if that's true, I'd like to ask you to become a sustainer and help us get our message out. The contributions of our parishioners really do help support the work of our church. About 10% of our income comes from parishioners like you. Of course, we know that not everyone's in a financial position to give, and that's okay. But if you are, please prayerfully consider it. As I said, we have some ground to cover in this year's campaign, and we could really use your help. Just go to whchurch.org slash sustain. All right. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the panel discussion that you're about to listen to this weekend uh, that we used to kind of finish up this whole listening up series. So take care. Tune in. God bless. Throughout the series, you guys have had questions and you have sent them our way. Thank you so much for that. And we've been praying over your questions and, uh, and we've picked some that we feel like will be really beneficial for all of you to hear. And so to help us out, we have some resident experts in the house today. Please help me welcome back to the stage Rob Kistler, our care pastor. Joining Rob will be Sandra Unger. She's the director of The Lift, one of our partner ministries, and also Paul Eddy, who is our teaching pastor. Woo! We are the yeah. experts. We're ready. Experts. Experts. So don't screw up. I'm so just kidding. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I'm kidding. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. 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 Good to see you. Glad you're here. Glad you came back <laughs> for round three. All right. So throughout this series, we have been talking about God wanting to talk to us, having things to say to us, us um, listening to how God speaks to us. And I'm wondering if each of you could share a bit about how hearing God has happened in your lives. No biggie. Are we experts on this? Yes. yes. Okay. yes. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully well, you've been listening a little bit. I have uh, a really obvious answer, which is the Bible. Mm. A lot of times we're seeking God to tell us things about other things out in the world and what God is saying to me and to you is are you doing love, joy, peace, patience? Mm -hmm. Are you exhibiting the fruits of the spirits? Are you forgiving your enemies? So I really do go to scripture to remind myself what it's all supposed to be about. And then I would say I really rely on common sense um, because God gave that to us. And I think the spirit, for me, I think of the spirit as speaking through my common sense and through my intuition. Um, and it took me a long time to figure out that God doesn't speak to me. For instance, the way he speaks to Greg, uh, we all have a different way of listening. And so those, that tends to be where I go. Mm. That's good. How about for you, doctor? Doctor expert? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just start with a confession. I'm not one of those people 
At least I don't think of myself as one of those people for whom hearing God is a natural or easy thing. It's bothered me a lot in my Christian life, quite frankly. Uh, confession number two, I'm envious of Greg. He just seems to hear God all the time. He imagines a prayer. I'm just yeah. not wired visually like that. So some of the ways, however, I've found God kind of breaking into my world. Um, one is other people. Uh, I'm very thankful that God created a body and gave us different gifts and that I'm in context. One is my marriage. My wife, Kelly, hears from God in a much more regular and tangible way than I'm used to, and that has really been a blessing as I hear God through my wife. Um, I think of our pastoral team, and I think of that context where people like Rob and Mary and Janice regularly do get things the Bible talks about, like words of knowledge and, and prophetic words. Like It's been so revolutionary for this church, quite frankly, and God leading us, but even personally, as some of these people have got words for me from God, things that there's no way they could know, and somehow they know it. And it's just like God just speaks to them. So that's been a huge thing. Um, yeah, I think yeah. other people is really key. Yeah, I'll just share a quick story with that. I've got a, a good friend, and he and I, we've known each other for years. We've been, have, we have breakfast together once a month. And uh, Tom, Tom and I got together about a month ago, and I was kind of just sharing with him my angst and my feelings about a class that I was going to be teaching here in, in Cultivate over the past month. And he gently, encouragingly kind of gave me the velvet glove across the cheek a little bit. And he was, he was saying, you need to really let yourself come to this. People will engage. You know that you care about people. And so he was just really exhorting me and encouraging me and it wasn't just a typical friend's encouragement thing. At the end of it, he, he said, I think there was something about this that you need to really take in. And I completely agreed. And in my heart, you talked about... Um, uh, Intuition. Thank you. Yep. Got you. See, she, by the third time, she knows. I'm going to forget my sentence halfway through. She's helping me. Thank you, Sandra. That intuition, right? There's that, just that sense in your knower. And I knew that he was saying something I needed to listen to. And so I needed to really embrace it. And for the month now, I have been holding on to what Tom said to me as more than just a passing, encouraging word, but really a word God wanted to speak to my life. Mm. So. How encouraging, like three different people, and each of you have shared a different way in which you feel like you have heard from God, and I think that's really crucial for all of us to remember, right? Yeah. We're so different. So different. So different. And um, some of the questions we got in, there seemed to be like this layer of fear that was sprinkled throughout. Mm. In particularly, one question we got over and again was, um, I'm afraid that if I do this listening to God thing and acting upon what I feel like he's telling me, he's going to make me do something really horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, confession... I have felt that, especially early in my Christian walk. I just thought, man, if I follow what God is saying, I'm going to marry somebody hideous. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, and he's going to send me somewhere horrific that I don't want to go. And I thought that was just me. But thank yeah. you for whoever else yeah, out there right. had that question. But there is this real yeah. fear that God's going to tell me something that is going to be so horrible for yeah. me. Yeah. Help yeah. us with that. I yeah. got something on that. Uh, as I've mentioned here before, I was raised in a really, really rigid conservative Baptist church and the basic message was that God is going to send you to a horrible place to do a horrible thing and that's what you have to look forward to. I, why do we keep going? I don't
don't know why we kept going. How is this a message yeah. of joy and love and hope and yeah. peace? But yeah. that was what was going to happen. I was going to grow up through Sunday school and the youth group, and then I was going to go and do a horrible thing. And <laughs> come to Jesus. I've learned <laughs> that that is not true. That we we had a picture of God that was not accurate. We didn't have a picture of God as a loving parent. And I had something happen in the last little while or last while that helped me understand. Uh, what kinds of things God might call me to um, that might present a challenge. So 10 years ago, we had a young woman in our, in the, at the lift in our group, and she was living with a relative who wasn't a parent, who wasn't taking care of her. She suffered some abuse and neglect. And her relative decided, I can't take care of my relative's kids all the time. You're all going to have to go back to your families. And so she was going to be sent to Chicago to live with people that she never really knew and who were both recently out of prison and rehab. Seemed like not a good situation. And we'd known her for quite a while, and we saw the struggles that she was going through. And so we said to ourselves, should we take her in? Should we make her part of our family? Now, this was a big deal because we had had one year as an empty, empty nesters, my husband and me. And, you know, it's, that's kind of fun to have nobody bugging you. And so... <laughs> We talked, to, we talked to friends, we prayed about it, we uh, took it very seriously and did a process and we thought part of it is common sense, again, because if, you have two, if I have two coats and you have none, I'm going to give you one. Yeah. Well, if I have three empty bedrooms yeah. and you have none. So we took her in and it's been 10 years and it's been difficult at times. She came out of such, horrible, such a horrible situation, had never had any intervention counseling or anything. She's, she's PTSD. It's just been really, really rough at times. And I remember during one of the really rough times, a friend of mine who'd helped us make the decision to take her in said, do you think you made a mistake? And I said, absolutely not. Just because something is really difficult doesn't mean God isn't in it, right? So she's been with us for 10 years. And one of the cool things is my adult son and daughter were old enough and mature enough to in invite her into our family as a sibling. They call her their sister. And she's part of our family. She's been in our family for 10 years. She's about to graduate from U of M Duluth. And it's going great, but it, it wasn't always going great. It, there's bumps in the road and it's difficult and it can be that way with our bio kids too. But I just think the kind of growth that my husband and me and our kids experienced through this could not be experienced in any other way. That growth yeah. would not yeah. have happened. All four of us would have been different people and she would have been a different person yeah. if we had not come yeah. together and expanded our family. So I would say to you, if God's asking you to do something difficult, do a little cheer because yeah. you're going to grow and be stretched and he's going to give you every bit of wisdom and comfort and joy and peace that you need to get through it. Mm. Yeah, that's Amen. good. Amen. That's good. I think a key part of what you said there when you started out was your picture of God, yeah. right? And so oftentimes uh, we get this sense of what's God, if I actually listen, what in the world is he going to say? And if it comes with challenge, that, that everything's framed by whether that challenge is coming from the face that looks like Jesus Christ dying for us on a cross in agape love, or I don't know what you guys wrestle with as a whacked picture of God. <laughs> But mine is uh, an old man on a throne way up there somewhere with long white beard and not very pleasant looking eyes, he quite frankly. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt looks sure. a whole lot for like sure. Zeus now that I think about it. Uh, 
And like, if that God wants to do something, yeah, he's going to mess my life up, mm-hmm. right? And Greg constantly calls us, calls us back to this. What is our picture of God? And is it one that comes from the enemy? Or is it one that comes from the beautiful face of Jesus Christ? Yeah. That God, yeah. the beautiful God, is a, you've said it before, Rob, uh, that's a good parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one we can trust. If, right, if it's something right, difficult, right. there's a beauty in that difficulty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And boy, if I screw that up, the Zeusy God, right. I'm... I'm Toast. I'm right. toast. Literally. Totally. Literally. Um, Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Burnt toast. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I love how you shared how that came in community too. Yeah. And that was really a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Gosh, I'm not sure I have much to add to what you guys have said. That's good. So what would you guys say if someone asked, how do I know what I'm hearing? Like I'm trying to do, I'm trying to spend this time, commune with God, and I feel like I'm hearing some things. How do I know that's God's voice? Mm. Well, that's that's a question of discernment as opposed to hearing God, and I think they're two totally different things. So I can hear, well, except the scripture, I've already discerned that that's true, but the the ways that we hear God, like through our God or our intuition or through a minister or through someone bringing a word to us, um, you have to have a process of discernment or, or you can't really sort out what's happening. And I think for me, that's where community really comes in. So if Dave and I are hearing, hey, we, we should maybe take in this young woman, uh, then we talk to our community who knows us, who knows her, and say, is this God? So I think community is just an absolutely critical and central part of our whole Christian lives, but particularly in this area of discernment. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do the Bible part? Yeah, I mean, yeah, do the Bible I'll part, do the Bible part. <laughs> I'm the well, Bible guy. Because then I want to speak to the Bible part. Oh, you so. mentioned scripture a couple yeah. times here. And, um, you know, at Woodland Hills, Greg's helped us for years now get that at the center of everything is Jesus, right? But the question becomes, if Jesus and Christ crucified is the center, how do we know about that Jesus? And, and the place we find the teachings and the example and the lifestyle of Jesus are like four gospels, letters that come out of that, the primarily New Testament. Um, and so to have that as, as sort of a constant um, narrative in our heads, that, that if I'm to follow Jesus, if we're to follow Jesus, to not know the life, teachings, and example of Jesus make that difficult. Um, I love that Oshida, uh, in her message, took us back to the scriptures in a really unique, fresh way, Lectio Divina. Mm-hmm. I know, I've talked to, and I deal with college students, Christian college students, and frequently hear, ah, oh, the Bible, man. I, just, I get to Leviticus, and I'm done, you know? It's like, <laughs> thou shalt, and yeah. how many begats, and okay, but there's ways of getting into Scripture in new, fresh ways, maybe than we've tried. Lectio, um, other ways like that. So mm-hmm. how to re-engage the Bible as a place for learning the voice of Jesus yeah. as he spoke in history yeah. and how that becomes a voice now that helps guide me. Right. So to which then I would, would, would want to offer, and Greg has said this many times as well, um, does what I'm hearing or does what I'm experiencing, does it, does it sound like Jesus? Does it seem like mm-hmm. Jesus? And that's where it's so important. That's why I wanted Paul to share that piece about knowing that Jesus of the Bible is crucial um, another, another way of thinking about that is, does what I'm experiencing, does it seem like it's the fruit of the Spirit? Is it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness? If it's got those kind of character traits or characteristics to it, that I think is a, a, a beautiful tip as well. Um, so, and I think there's just a, sometimes we call it a, know, a knowing in your knower. 
It's a resonating in your spirit. There's just something in your heart. Like when my buddy Tom was speaking to me, I knew there was something weighty about that. And it's just a knowingness that you have, which then puts us on thin ice sometimes, which is where we come back to that community, community. And, 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 and that discernment process. You know, I'd like to circle back for a second too and just kind of, we talk about like, is God going to send me to Africa? I think sometimes God cares about some of the smaller things too, mm. like what do you think about me, Jesus, and asking him that. Um, sometimes it's the, it's the small thing of, am I really supposed to go over across the gathering area and sit next to that person who's really different than me, and am I supposed to, and what am I supposed to do with it? I'm supposed to offer them some encouragement. Okay, well, that's kind of risky. I mean, I might look like an idiot. That person might reject me. So, I mean, it's not like sending me to Africa. It's sending me across the room. But there's a vulnerability to that. Absolutely. But what's the, what's the worst that's going to come of that, too? Like, I'm going to offer somebody a word of encouragement. And they may completely reject it, but I didn't blow up in the process. So... <laughs> Anyway. You guys have each kind of touched on community a bit, and um, so many times when we're talking about hearing from God, that can seem very individualistic, mm. but I'm thinking that you guys may have something to say about the, the role that community plays when we are trying to hear from God and discern the voice of God. Yeah. What do you, what, yeah, I think of, Book of Acts is interesting on this topic, right? Like from right the get-go, Jesus says, basically, I'm leaving now. Go, the 120 of you, and pray in the upper room until, until I come in a new form, the Spirit. So right, from the very beginning, the church was a community of people together, not a group of isolated individuals who would hang out with each other if, things, if they had nothing else to do. Like, there was something absolutely central to community. And what happens there? The Spirit shows up. The voice of God speaks, even in other tongues. We're not going to get into that right now. Um, <laughs> A few chapters later, the church is in a really tough spot. The Jews and the Gentiles doesn't look like this is going to work. And instead, in this tough conversation, they start dialoguing, putting their ideas on the table. And by the end of it, James says, it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit that, and this this solution arises that that alone neither of those groups could have found. It was through the process of hard dialogue and and just the Spirit working through that. This seems community is key to both hearing God, but then discerning that that was God in the process. And we live in a culture that's so isolated that, you know, the book Bowling Alone, there's just a ridiculously huge number of people who are lonely and don't have that community. And Jesus in John 17 prayed that his followers would be one like he was in the Trinity, which is a high bar for community, right, to to model the Trinity. And I think that's one of the things that our church is supposed to be about is creating space for that community to happen because it's critical both, as you said, for hearing God and for discerning. And there's a saying that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. And the kingdom is really a going Uh, slow thing. Jesus is not in a hurry. And so to build those deep relationships that take time and take time to discern and listen to God, it's not a quick thing. And I think it's the central thing is to learn to do it in community. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're talking about there, Sandra, is huge in America. Uh, if If you were to go do a Google search on loneliness you would recognize that the big insurance companies now are actually recognizing 
the incredible physical health problem that loneliness is. A former Surgeon General had said that it's equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And half of our country would, would identify as feeling lonely. And so somewhere, somehow, the church has got to start to address this and we need to start uh, make creating community, but taking seriously that it's incumbent on, on me, and by me I mean we, to put the hand out first and to not come into the church with the Goldilocks, how's my, is my porridge going to be just right today, but saying, Jesus, what do you have for me today when I come into Woodland Hills Church? How do you want me to... Because we, we think of, let's go out of the church and be friendly mm. and welcome people. But how about right. in the church? Because half yeah. the people here statistically are right. experiencing that loneliness. Right. And that's something we can yeah. create here that was beautiful and amazing and I think would draw in people who yeah. are not necessarily church people. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, for yeah. those out there who feel like, yeah, I love the idea of community, but I don't have that. You guys are saying, like, let's be that for one another. That's what we're supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, honestly, it, it, it starts with each of us saying, I'm going to start making some connections and I'm going to start to go, maybe go to a class and meet somebody or I'm going to linger in the gathering area or again, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, how, do you, how, do you, how are we going well, how are we going to do this? How are we, Holy Spirit, going to create little, little forms of community here, even one person mm -hmm. that I can connect with? Mm -hmm. It's really so. simple, but it's not easy. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the, right. that's the right. irony there is yeah. it takes a lot of effort to offer it to others yeah. and to find it ourselves. And especially in our culture where we all have our own house and our yeah. own car and our own space. I mean, we have created this space and, and now it's, we're going, dang, I'm all by myself. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So you guys are making community sound vitally important um, in just perfect kumbaya moments. But what if in this community, you guys are discerning and hearing from God and you're hearing some totally opposite mm. things. What do you do with that? Go find a new community? Well, I think you say, thus saith the Lord, yep. and then you and win. That seals yeah. it. That seals it. Checkmate. <laughs> Whoever says it first wins. Right, you have to be quick on the jump there. I, I think that... There's a couple of things. Number one, people do that pretty regularly, like where first they start saying, well, all of these other people agree with me, and when that's not enough, it's, and so does God. And we use that to try to leverage our position, and that's just not humility, it's not Christ-like, mm -hmm. it's not biblical. And we talk about slow discernment, and so I think what you do there is you slow down the process and really in humility listen to each other and get to a point of agreement I love that the activist oh, I know. is saying, slow down. I've been, There's a I've miraculous been thing coming out of that been, mouth right it's now. It's been happening. It's been That's happening. amazing. Yeah. It was a word from God to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely discerned. <laughs> really? Do I have to slow down? Do yeah. you guys think the fruit of the Spirit or Scripture comes into play with that as well? If you both are like... Two parties feeling like they're both hearing from yeah. God, but it's opposite things. No, that's a super good question. Man, humility comes into play big time there. I don't have a corner on God's truth like we were joking at the very beginning about being experts. Wow, no way. Right? The enemy wants to come in and, and, and tear apart relationships. And what better way to do that than me to come in and power over and, and, and slap God's name on my agenda. And now you're feeling like 
what, what am I supposed to do with that? So humility, yeah. openness to, to dialogue, to, to again, use that word, discernment. Let's, man, you're feeling this and I'm sensing that and we, we're going to have to come together, pray, dialogue, maybe seek some more counsel, seek the word, like, yeah, yeah. some of that. What we've joked about, thus saith the Lord, right? But the truth is, sometimes when you feel you've sensed something yeah. from God, it feels like thus right. saith the right. Lord. That's why right. people say it. Um, but that humility piece, right? Like if I have that sense, I think God's really saying this and lay it out to you or my community or whatever, but can also remember, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just those words. I might not be hearing right yeah. here. Yeah. What are you hearing? What are yeah. we hearing? Yeah. That's absolutely crucial. And then to remember... That sometimes, uh, I think of Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians and Romans, he had talked about this issue, that another issue the early church was dealing with was, can, can Christians eat meat that had been sacrificed to pagan idols in their temples and was now being sold in the marketplace? Mm. Something most of us don't wrestle with, but it was a big issue back in the first century. And you'd think Paul would sort of weigh in and go, well, here's the right answer and here's the wrong answer. Instead, what Paul says in this particular case is, look, follow your conscience, if you think it's okay to eat the meat, for you it is. If you think it isn't, for you it's not. Don't violate your conscience, but also don't judge each other. Support each other's positions. It's like, talk about love there, mutuality. Yeah. 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 And, and, and if you were to like feel like, oh, but I can't, this is just bursting out of me. It's, it, I just, I have to, you know, do this, declare this, whatever. What's the, the last fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Mm. And so there's a couple, three places where Paul says self-control is part of the Holy Spirit at work in you. Yep. So, yep. What should someone do if they feel like uh, God is giving them a message for someone else? Hmm. I, I look at it like as a general rule the message comes in the context of the relationship. Mm. So there's, there are people who get words for people they don't know. I'm not discounting that. But in my own life, it's been the, as I'm mentoring someone or I'm in a friendship with someone, you get a gut feeling or an intuition and you speak it in love and humility and you let it go. Uh, you don't try to whack them over the head with it. Um, and I think too, it's you know, if you charge across the gathering area and tell someone they shouldn't be smoking anymore and it's someone you don't know, it's possible they won't appreciate it. <laughs> possible. It's possible. So, <laughs> Outside Highly likely. If you really feel like God wants you to say that, then say it and leave it alone. But I think generally it's going to be in the context of someone who loves you, knows you, cares about you, and God wants to speak something into you that maybe he's been trying to tell you in other ways and you haven't heard. And now we're going to stare at each other. You should tell go, about the UPS, the UPS, UPS guy. guy. Yeah, I'm so, reminding him what so, he's supposed so to So Steve Van Sickle, Mary's, Mary's husband Steve, tells a story. I love it. He says, I am just the UPS guy. I deliver the package. It's up to you to open it and deal with what's inside the package. I'm just there to, to offer it. And I, I, I found that super helpful. Hmm. I'm just there to give it to you. Um, the other thing I would throw in, into the mix here is, as we're talking about listening to God, the next thing I might ask you to consider is asking God, what should I do with this? So if I get a sense that somebody across the room should quit smoking, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do with that? He may have you, I just want you to pray for that person to be able to be freed of smoke. Don't go to them. 
or he may invite you to take a next step with them. Well, then how do you want me to proceed with that? But continue the conversation. Well, and, and taking it back to your UPS analogy, what if you've got just a really passionate UPS driver who wants to really <laughs> deliver that package and make sure you open it right. and do with it what you're supposed to do? Right. And they've bypassed that whole humility thing Paul so eloquently just laid out. Right? You take it, I think. I think you, you, and by take it, I don't mean like you receive it and accept it. You say, thank you very much. I'll discern this. Yeah. Uh, I think it was First Thessalonians, I think, where Paul says, don't despise words from people, but discern them. Mm -hmm. So, sure, let them have their say if you're the recipient of it, and, and then do discern it and bring it to your community and say, God, what out of all of that maybe should I sift out and pay attention to? Which you know, can, can be easier if the word that you're getting from someone is encouragement right. or a compliment. We right. like those. We like those. We like those. Uh, awesome. yes. What do we do if the word is, is challenging at some level, right? Yeah. And the yeah. natural response, particularly in our individualistic culture, is who are you to get in my business? Mm. And then I can think of 47 things wrong with you. Yeah. And they all seem much more relevant than what you just said to me. Right. Which is not the time to talk about that. Yeah. that save that for another day. But back to humility, <laughs> well, right? Save that for another day. Like just, tomorrow. wow, could be maybe God speaking here. And, and like you say, back to discernment at that point. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, let's take it a little broader. What does someone do if they're a part of our body here and they feel like that the Lord has given them a message for Woodland Hills as, as a whole, like the Church of Woodland Hills, the people of Woodland Hills? What should they do with that? If I'm, if I'm remembering Greg correctly, he really wants us to stand up and blurt that out in the middle of his preaching. <laughs> in the moment. I think he really enjoys that. In the moment, yeah. Yeah, he Absolutely. likes that a yeah. lot. Proceeding it with, thus saith the Lord. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, that cherry on top. Yes. Yeah. The expert so, said it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what not to do. What, you, what we encourage you to do is there's this old thing called paper. Shauna has some there. You can actually take a pen and you can write out. I'm teasing, but really, we encourage you to, if you get a word from, from the Lord for this body, and we believe he speaks to the body for the body, there's no hierarchy thing here with that, um, write it out. And give it to us at the hello desk, or if you're into typing it up, type it up, email it. You can email it to me. I'm in the bulletin. Email it to Paul. We will make sure that it gets really considered, prayed over, processed, discerned. We, we bring these kinds of conversations up in pastor meetings, and, and we, do, uh, we do take it seriously. So we encourage you to do that if you feel like you've heard something from the Lord for this body. Amen. Absolutely. I remember once some years ago, someone... Uh, sensed this, sent it into the pastoral team, and we prayed around it and really sensed, like, this is for us, and Greg read it uh, from the pulpit uh, one week. So yeah. it is something we take very seriously. Let's talk a little bit about the role that faith plays as we're uh, listening and trying to discern the voice of God. Um, we know that in Scripture, Jesus tells us that when we have um, faith, we should, when we pray, we should have faith. But if someone is struggling with their faith for whatever reason, does that negate their prayers? Does that mean they won't be able to hear or listen to God because of that faith struggle that they're having? Well, I think of the story in the Gospels where some men were lowering their friend uh, who was paralyzed through the roof to get to Jesus because it was so crowded around him. And Jesus talked about, after he healed him, about how his friend's faith 
had made him well. And so I think it's kind of cool communally again to say, I might be having a low faith time, but I, my friends are going to come around me and I'm going to benefit from their faith. And I, th I see that rhythm in my relationships, that there's times when I'm lagging behind in faith mm -hmm. and another friend is, mm -hmm. is not. And I think mm -hmm. we really carry each other mm -hmm. during those times. Mm -hmm. And what a challenge to individualism that is, right? Yeah. To think that my community's faith can be my faith yeah. when I'm low on faith. Like, that's mm -hmm. just so beautiful. It reminds me of another um, text, of, uh, story of Jesus, where he's ministering to somebody and is encouraging them to have faith. And this response to Jesus is, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm. <laughs> it's like yeah. both can be going on at the same time, right? right. There's no, like, perfect faith um, all of us struggle with that. And, and I think two of Greg's reminders frequently that what faith is, at least biblical faith, is not psychological certainty. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not that I'm absolutely certain about things. The good news is, like David, Job, Abraham, most of the heroes of the Bible, you can have a bunch of questions and even doubts. But that, that's a head thing. Faith is a heart thing, trusting. So it's possible to trust God even while you have a lot of questions and troubling doubts in your head. Those can go together. Yeah. You mentioned David, and I think he modeled that so well because he's called a man after God's heart. But if you read through the Psalms, there are so many right. where he's not having a ton of faith, where he's angry, right. where he's just throwing his heart and his struggles right. out there. Yeah. And I think that it's cool that we can be both a person yeah. after God's heart and a person who struggles and doubts. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's true goes back to that picture of God then, yes. right? Like, right? If you're seeing him as a loving father, yes. yep. right. then he's not going to hold your doubts against you. Yeah, right. and, and that's where sometimes I'll encourage people to kind of draw back to like John 3.16. Hmm. <laughs> the father is good, sent the son, they love me. You know, just the uh, basics. Just yeah. the basics, Basic exactly. And then your question to God like, can be really just as simple as, you know, do you, are you... Do you love me? Hmm. How, what do you think of me? Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, you guys are pastors, you're a leader of people, you're in the word, you're experts. And so, it can, <laughs> so people sitting out here can think, well, easy for you guys to hear from God. And so the question is, is why isn't God just more obvious <laughs> when he's speaking to us? Because it may be easy for some and then a little more difficult for others to, to recognize God speaking. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is that this is opposed. Like the enemy really, really hates that we are called friends of God. John 15, 15, Jesus says, you guys aren't just my worker bees. I call you friends. And he wants that intimate connection with us, but it is opposed. The enemy wants to keep us busy. Boy, is it hard to find five minutes to even just quiet, quiet down. Uh, you know, so... That would be one piece. I think the biggest thing for me is uh, in my own life and, and what I've spoken with friends about is that we're called to pray without ceasing. And that almost doesn't mean anything to us because we're busy doing other right. things. Yep. And I really think of praying without ceasing as maintaining a mind that's open to hearing God. And if we are busy and running around crazy and talking all day, you can't hear anyone. You right. can't hear the right. spirit. You can't hear any other people. And so it really takes some intentionality to sit down be quiet, yeah. and put our ear to the sky and try yeah. to listen. We yeah. just don't make time for it. That's my problem. I just yeah. don't make enough time for it. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, you've talked about this before, like with functional atheists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, can you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
it's funny how we can totally believe in God at one level and yet live our lives on a daily basis forgetting that he exists, right? Right. You get busy. You get other things. I got to work. I got to get, you know. And I would say next to the Bible, the most important book in my life has been a little book written about 400 years ago called Practicing the Presence of God, uh, written by a little monk guy who worked in a kitchen. But this dude learned how to cultivate just an awareness that God is there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that kind of a lifestyle of listening, has, has, it's something I still struggle with. But to find a piece, Greg really challenges, to find a piece of your brain that whatever else you're doing, there's also that piece going, God exists, he loves me, he might be saying something right now. And as one mentor put it uh, to me years ago, he goes, oftentimes when God speaks to you, it'll be just this. God injecting his thoughts into your stream of consciousness. Yeah. And then we have to discern. And then we discern, <laughs> right, right. Because it could just be yeah, my yeah. thoughts, enemy right. thoughts, right. the commercial's thoughts. Yeah. But it could be God's thoughts. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, there's a story I heard uh, a guy tell. He, he was talking about how he comes from a charismatic tradition, and so this whole idea of visions and God talking to him is like really normal for him. And then his wife comes out of this like really conservative tradition where that stuff doesn't happen for her at all. And so they're sitting at a, at a church meeting, and he's writing down three things that the Lord is showing him that the, the people need to hear. And he turns to his wife and he says, what are you thinking about? Because they'd had this conversation many times, and she's just like, well, I was just thinking about this and this. And he says, well there's two of the three things that I just got from God as a vision you were thinking about. And that shifted something in her and she was able to really accept and engage the fact that her thoughts sometimes are coming from the But we the want Lord something too. fancier. Right. We want right. a fancy vision and a fancy yes. picture and a dream and something yep. that we can say, thus saith the Lord about. Exactly. But I really, I really see God at work in our thought life. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, we're looking for the spectacular and missing the supernatural in our day-to-day. Right. Yeah. Helping a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think personality types affect how we hear God? <laughs> yes. Like, because we're so wired <laughs> yes. so differently. Yes. Yeah. That's all that needs to be said. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Next question. <laughs> Paul, you you have an interesting personality. Yeah, Tell I us do. about it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for noticing, Sandra. <laughs> no, it's it's true. Uh, I am. Uh, about as high an introvert, apparently, as you can get on the Myers-Briggs. Add to that, I'm also uh, a high internal processor. So I I rarely, in my daily life, have a felt need to actually say anything to anybody, which is a big joke that God made me a teacher. I I still don't get that one. But it must not be, I mean, I'm, I'm told it's hard to be married to. I'm told my friends go, can you share a little more? And I've thought about this really with God, like it means I don't walk around most of the day feeling a need to say things to God, which can make me miss then God saying things to me. So I think every personality type has its strengths and weaknesses. I realize what my weakness is in this area with prayer. It's being kind of staying in my own little world, which can be okay because God can break in there, but then to pay attention to that, right? Yeah, and I think too, 
that's where community comes in because I'm almost as high of a thinker on the Myers-Briggs as you can be. And so I'm gonna go with the logic, the rational. And I have two friends who are both high feelers who I think bring that balance of mm. Um, mm. just different ways yeah, to yeah, hear yeah. God and see God and think yeah. about God and, and everything else besides God yeah. to bring yeah. that feeling piece in. Yeah. yeah. There's, that, there's this book, um, Discover Your God Language, and this lady mm. unpacks, what is it, nine, seven or nine different ways. And I'm sure there's way more than that. I mean, think of, here's this God who created this amazing universe. Yeah. He's certainly not going to just dial his communication into one tiny form. He's just way too big, creative and amazing to think, uh, to think that narrowly. So... And I'll just say that the sermons that came before this, I think, really showed that. Yeah. Greg just connects with cataphatic prayer, yeah, right? Does. You just see that, and he can teach he that. Um, Oshida bringing in, yeah, and Lectio Divina is a yeah. new way into Scripture. David last week, yep. a variety of ways, art. I mean, yep. in all those sermons, each one of those folks was sharing how God's connected with them in a really unique way. Uniqueness is part of this whole deal. Yeah, for sure. It's beautiful. We are all uniquely created, and God is big enough to be able to communicate with each of us uniquely. So right. that is amazing. And he wants to, and he is. So we just have to be paying attention to that. Yeah. We want to thank you all for uh, being with us during this series and for sending in your questions and for sharing the things that you've been wondering about. We really super appreciate it. And you guys, there was a lot of vulnerability there, and, and that uh, we noticed that. And we've been praying over all of the, the feedback that has come our way. And so we have one final question, and hopefully... Um, each of you could take a, a swing at it. But um, again, uh, there are those who have been in agony as we've been in this series because it, uh, they feel like they've tried and tried all their life to hear from God and it just doesn't seem to happen. Um, and this series has made it really clear that God is speaking and desires to speak. Um, and so then the thought is, well, then there's something wrong with me. Mm. Like if God is speaking and he wants mm. to speak and I'm not hearing it, then there is something wrong with me. Mm. I would love for you guys just to touch on that. Well, I, I think, Shauna, pastorally, when I was reading over the questions this week that came in, I really felt um, both sadness and fear from people for the reason that they think that God is, has a plan for them and wants them to do something and that he's trying to tell them and that they're too yeah. not Christian enough to hear yeah. him. Yeah. And so then there's shame involved yeah. in that yeah. and, and really an inability to live the life in front of you because you think there's another life mm -hmm. you're supposed to be doing. And that is really kind of terrifying if, you yeah. think, if that's what you think is happening in your life. And so I just want to say that... God is meeting you right where you are, yeah. and he's not ashamed of you because yeah. you aren't hearing him, yeah. and he's going to keep trying. And for those of you who have kids or nieces and nephews, that just absolutely insane love that you feel for those younger ones is nothing compared to the love that God has for you. And so there should, you don't need to have fear in the midst of this. You don't need to feel ashamed. You don't need to feel like you're missing something because God is right there in this with you in the same way we are with our kids or nieces and nephews. I love my kids with a passion. I would do anything for them. I would give them my last penny. I would, there's nothing that compares to the love that you feel for your kids, and that's what God feels for you. You get that. It's so exciting to be the recipient of that. Don't wreck it by saying, but what are you trying to say to me? Right now, God is saying, I love you today, right where you are, just as you are. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. 
And I would encourage you to even ask him about that. I would encourage you hmm. in a couple ways. One, like start small. Don't go trying to play baseball with the twins at 100 mile an hour pitches. Hit the ball off of the tee. The best of the best do that. We should be doing that. Ask him small, simple questions. Jesus, what do you think of me? How did I make you smile? What, what do you, you know, what do you think about me? Like, talk to me. Let's start with that. Let's, Jesus, how do you want me to pray into the situation? So my friend has a heart problem. How am I supposed to pray into that? There might be 10 different ways God might be at work that he's wanting you to pray into a specific direction. And you're thinking just about him healing his heart. God might be at work in something else. God, how do you want me to pray here? That's a pretty safe way to start trying to dial in and throw away some of those preconceived notions of the amazing, spectacular thing. God, how are you talking to me in just my day-to-day world and making sense of my thoughts? Right. And really, we're back to the picture of God, right? Yeah. Back to, do we see in our minds, whatever we imagine God to be, is it as beautiful as Jesus Christ? Mm. And if it's not, that is some idol that got in our heads somewhere from culture or parents or television or Monty Python and the Holy Grail maybe or something <laughs> that does not look like the loving, beautiful, radiant, good parent, yeah. uh, brother Jesus yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that loves us. And, and once, once we can connect with that radical love of God, we're so much more open in our hearts to be able to hear and receive what he has for us. God is not hiding from us, and right. he loves us, and he's right. consistently just trying to communicate that love to us. So, yeah. amen. Thank Good. you guys so much for your words of encouragement, for your answers, for your expertise. We really appreciate it. Um, and, yes. And uh, remember, we have prayer ministers that will be here at the front. If you have something that you need prayer for, come and see them. Allow them to partner with you. If you're in that place where you're like, I can't ever hear God, come up and let a community of people surround you and and help you tap into what God is saying. Ultimately, just know that he loves you right now today in this very breath. And you don't have to do a thing to earn it. It's there for you. So if you hear anything, hear that and know that. And he's not hiding from me. We thank you all so much for being here. Have a great day. Hey, you guys. Wasn't that great? Uh, Just a quick reminder about our sustain campaign. Uh, If you're able to help us reach our goal, just grab your phone or grab a computer and head to whchurch.org slash sustain. We'd really appreciate your help. Thanks, you guys. Have a great week.